In this episode of the Beyond the Spiral podcast, we will be taking a look at our latest tournament, the Luau 19, and why you should be excited. Then we will be taking a more in-depth look at our general rules and talk about tournament meta. Lastly, how enchant treasure cards, as we know them, may be in danger. Welcome everyone to episode 3 of the Dual Circle podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, an organizer at Dual Circle. You may know me either as Binary Conjure on Twitter or just the Tech Boy on Twitch. Today we're here with our special guest, Pebbles. He's also a streamer over at Pebble Beast Wizard, and he's also a referee slash content producer over at our fair website, which since the last recording, we are now official. It's amazing. We have a couple other things as well. It's been, it's been a long while. It's been a long, long while, right, Pebbles? Yes, it has been. It's been a while since we've heard a podcast. Yeah, so hopefully we're going to be changing that over. Uh, a lot of things has happened. Uh, so, so prelude, though, uh, just as a formal mention before we go into any of our topics today, um, which are talking about Luel and our tournament rules, and, of course, the infamous treasure cards. Oh, the, the treasure cards is going to be a fun conversation, and I know you have some amazing opinions to talk about with that, and whatnot. But let's just go ahead and do some prelude. If you wish to provide feedback or just find where we are, we are at dualcircle.com as our website. Uh, this podcast episode's uh, show notes are at dualcircle.com slash three. You can also find us on Twitter at dualcircle underscore PVP. And if you want to formally contact us uh, in email, it is at contact at dualcircle.com. So in case you missed the news, Kaylee, Vanessa Miftas, one of our organizers, at least historically for what, since what, 2017? Um, she recently left us as she graduated and uh, recently got a job at King's Isle, and you know, congratulations for her. We we knew her well. Um, she was a great, great, great um, community relations person. But she just went up in the world, literally went up in the world. Congratulations to her, and we hope the best for her. And yeah, we may hear from her again sometime soon. Now, for a replacement, though, we do have a replacement, uh, and our replacement is a fellow streamer and amazing member of the community, Mystic Shadows. Uh, I guess formal, just, you know, hey, welcome to the team. Uh, she's not here with us today on the podcast. Maybe, maybe another day we'll, she'll be on the podcast. Uh, maybe we'll have some uh, interesting episode of her, but just kind of a formal welcome, welcoming her is kind of a, what has happened since last time and this time. Her Twitch is XX Mystic Shadows XX. Yeah, and I believe her Twitter is the same thing, but with two... Or with one less X on the uh, pre- uh, prefix and the suffix. Let's go and talk about Lua 19. It's Dual Circle's semi-annual tournament. Um, our, third dual, our third summer tournament overall, actually. Uh, so if you're unaware of what this tournament is, like, it, it, let's just say you're new. And you're just, you got, uh, got on this podcast and want to know a rundown. So here's what the tournament's about. The tournament is anywhere from 32 to 64 players. Single elimination happens over the course of two days. Uh, those days particularly being Saturday and Sunday, June 29th and June 30th. Um, it formally starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. All the matches will be streamed on three different Twitch streams, which are uh, I'm the Chez and uh, the Tech Boy and Molly Shadowhunter. That's right. That's right. Prizes for this summer Luau tournament are crowns, membership, Elixirs, including the level 50 elixir and the seventh character slot, uh, gear, one shot gauntlets, participation trophies, uh, mounts, and many other items that you can find on the Dual Circle website. Particularly on dualcircle.com slash Luau. Now, you may be curious of why we even chose to give a participant trophy reagent as a reward. You know, it's, it's a pretty unique word. I don't think I've seen anyone else uh, even giving this reward out. And uh, the reason is quite simple. We're at a tournament, and you earn these reagents normally by doing tournaments or PvP normally. Uh, most people prefer to do tournaments as it's the easiest way to get a lot of um, arena tickets. So by doing our tournament and getting top 16, you get to have some participant trophy reagents. You craft revered ones on either your alt or your main character if you don't have it already. Just a extra bonus. Uh, prizes will also be given out on stream, so make sure to go and watch the streams. And lastly, I would like to go ahead and give a thanks to the community manager, Matthew Anderson, for sponsoring our tournament and giving us the tournament prizing. With the formal introduction of Luau out of the way, which again, you can find all the information regarding Luau 
on dualcircle.com slash luau. Um, let's talk about some of our rules, as uh, this tournament is with its own rules to make things more fair and balanced for everyone to enjoy and, well, PvP in a better environment. So let's go ahead and go from top down on some of the most interesting rules and some of the rules that some people have asked us to kind of go in more in depth on. Uh, you should take it away, Pebbles, on talking about point number one. If you haven't seen the rules, you can go to dualcircle.com slash rules. All the general rules are listed there. Also, uh, just a reminder that there may be some game modes at the event, so look forward to those. But specifically, there are some general rules. Uh, first of all, there's a cap of 70% resist for any school. This prevents any kind of high amount of resist and also uh, a cap of 60% heal boost. And this prevents uh, healing back health a whole bunch in just one heal or a few heals. And then lastly, there's a cap of 40% of pierce just so that people don't have uh, a whole bunch of pierce. The point of the matches are to do uh, damage to each other's opponents because a common complaint by many uh, participants we hear in regular PvP is that matches take way too long because people are super defensive, are either healing or shielding or have super high resist. And so we did this just to balance things out. Yeah, for sure. As we want uh, a balanced gameplay of just enough defense, just enough offense. And generally, this has uh, achieved some pretty good results in making matches more fun for um, players to play it. Yeah, so the first thing and the rule that we've had for quite a while is there are some spells out there in the game that are just very rare or retired, and so we ban some of those because they can be very game-changing in PvP, such as Elucidate, Simplify, Dispels from the Iobardo B pack, and the two Pip reshuffles from there. And there's other spells that are very prominent in the PvP meta, and we are trying to balance it out more for our tournament so that it is fair for many schools and uh, so that each school has equal access to spells that are uh, available for all of them. So, for example, we removed Fire Beetle because um, Fire Beetle puts on three traps. However, every other school does not get something that puts on like three boosts like um, either a blade or a trap or something. So um, uh, Fire Beetle is banned. And also Burning Rampage is banned because it is uh, a damage over time. However, it does it on the second turn rather than over three turns. And we've heard complaints about this spell being very powerful, especially if uh, it is used from first. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of the only few delayed hit spells in the game, which the main mechanic to get rid of is by simply triaging. But there are many ways to ca or counter that by just putting another dot on, and that triage was wasted. And since it's a very small gap in time, and with the way um, ticks work, like round two is what like like round two is it like feels like it's how do you describe it? Like round two. Because you have the hitting round, which it, which ticks once, or it would be part of one tick, right? And then next tick is literally the next round, right? Yeah. Burning Rampage just hits on its second turn. So if you are second and you get Burning Rampage, then you can't do anything about it unless you predict the Burning Rampage, which it's very hard to do. So just to balance things out, we just removed that. Um, some other major stuff that we removed, since this is a, a high-level tournament, we uh, everyone has shadow sp spells, so we... Got rid of shadow self spells such as Shrike. We got rid of shadow enhanced spells such as Gaze of Fate, Raging Bull, all of those spells that require a shadow pip with your damage spell. And lastly, shadow creatures such as Dark Nova. All of these are very, very RNG based because um, nowadays it's a lot of uh, random chance of getting a shadow pip or not. And so we decided to balance that out by getting rid of basically everything Shadow in the game except, like, what, a Shadow Wanted? Yeah, Shadow Wanted <laughs> and technically Shadow Shields, but Shadow Shields are useless. We'll give you a hint. Uh, without uh, we, Nova. We, or... uh, we don't think you need a Shadow Shield. There's yeah, your hint. So like, <laughs> yeah, mainly the Shadow spells that take a Shadow Pip, as that is a random resource, and that randomness really makes matches very inconsistent and doesn't really allow us to test skill of players and their deck-making skills, yeah. which is what we're aiming for. 
maybe in the future if shadow pips become more frequent or easily easier to get so it's more consistent rather than a lot more random like how it is now we might add these spells back in but for now since it's very random based and our goal is to make a lot less randomness you'll see later as we talk about um different things uh we're trying to reduce that so those are banned and then moving on next uh the triple shields um these are a tc that put on three uh set shields for whatever school that you have set for even balance this has even balance shields which are pretty crazy so the thing about our tournament is you do know the school of the person that you're about to face so if we did allow these everyone would essentially want to use these um i'm gonna go a little more detail on this because um a lot of people find like shielding or using brace or something like some kind of negative always very useful to protect yourself and so if you know the school of your opponent using these shields rather than something like a brace or a weakness or anything because this is 325 percent to the certain school these would be super useful however these spells are uh, more rare than other spells and can be super expensive so um these would be uh, uh, like a necessity in our game mode if we allowed it because you knew what school you're facing so we decided to remove it because then it would not be fair for those who would not have it or it would just prolong the game more because they're kind of it's just a bunch of shields so yeah insane ball man now this is a fun one for sure uh, you know why we decided to ban Insane Bolt, right? Yes, I do. So Insane Bolt is a common spell you actually see in PvP nowadays. Uh, insane Bolt is complete RNG. It's um, 1,000 moon damage to your opponent or 10,000 moon damage to yourself uh, for two pips. So first of all, you really can't uh, storm such shield to Insane Bolt. And also, it is complete RNG based. There's no factors that really influence it and often um people complain about how uh how much its raw damage does for such little pips if people are willing to take the risk and so again this is a very uh random aspect and uh that's why we decided to limit that apparently also some testing that uh the community has done and apparently supposedly there's a there's a tweet out there that it is 80 20 80% chance to win and 20% chance to get on yourself. So if that's the case, then it just is a two-pip spell that goes around that just does moon damage, a thousand moon damage. So it's a really potent spell that, as long as you're okay with di potentially dying, it could be a way to really push yourself to win. Storm is a and it's just random. Storm is a school well-known for having high damage and high critical, and so the storm damage from that wizard does increase the amount of damage uh that insane bolt does so this makes this spell super good so yeah moving on uh next on our list is the different fuels that are not trainable so this includes potent fuel tc fuel and item car fuel uh some of you guys may already understand why we do this uh the main reason why we do this is one to prevent uh fire wizards from just having a whole bunch of traps that they can stack on so all their hits do a whole bunch more damage because a lot of the the fuels give three uh, three traps. It's similar to Fire Beetle, where um, they just give a whole bunch of traps. So the next three spells for uh, Fire Wizard gets to do a whole bunch more damage. We decided that fuel is still a good spell, so we kept fuel in. However, stacking multiple fuels can be very potent. So yeah, um, and also this is very strong. If uh, Fire Wizard may be using Sign of Fire, we are still allowing Sign of Fire and uh, you can still put on two of the same trained fuel on. However, putting on two different fuel is unavailable now. So yeah, hopefully that balances out. And we'll talk about more stuff like Scion later. And then lastly, uh, we have Link and Power Link. Link and Power Link are sometimes used in PvP. Uh, however, just to make it fair and so people are not super defensive, we are not allowing healing enchants on Link and Power Link because that can be very potent for spells that uh, are very low pip costs like uh, Link, which are two pips, and Power Link, which are four pips. So yeah. What are your thoughts, Ryan? 
Yeah, I know. Obviously, you know, the, the link and power link is a very good idea as they are already spells that easily go around infections as 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 is a part of fire's essential utility. They don't need to go ahead and let's just say put in like sprites as a way to get off um, the infection. So it, so it's a very easy way to go around healing mitigation in the first place that it is infections. Um, and if you put it Promodoro or Radical, it's a very easy way to get a extra just free heal, and it's a bit too good with uh, the other utility with uh, taking shields off and uh, putting a, a dot and exactly and even just weakness if you need to get a weakness off. Like it's too much utility to have in uh, healing enchantment as an extra thing. Yep, exactly. And we have to be careful because often a lot of the even even pip spells are very easy to spam. So link and power link are even pip spells. So we need to be careful with that. Okay, next we have our new uh, feature that we're adding the rules, which are uh, round-based cooldown. If you guys haven't looked at the rules, you can see the wording for that. But just to explain, uh, Headless Horseman has a one-round cooldown to cast it. So if you cast one Headless Horseman, you're going to have to wait one round, and then you'll be able to cast another Headless Horseman. This is just so that people cannot just spam Headless Horseman because it can be a very good spell to uh spam and then the other one is stun block we don't want stun block being cast um right in a row so there's a two round cooldown on that so you can stun block and then two rounds go by and then you can stun block again basically the main reason for this is so you can't just straight up put up two stun blocks right in a row for myth wizards to sign a myth because sign a myth really doesn't have much counter but we'll go back into detail when we get to the sign spells yeah, um, the sign category is definitely going to be a fun one as there's a lot of yep. interesting things people are doing in the meta to really use these spells to the max. But that's, again, later in the conversation. If, if you guys are concerned, however, there is a thing where we do have a balance. So we did say Headless Horseman and Stunblock are on a round-based cooldown. We also have other spells that are limited by reshuffle. So we were, we've tested and seen, okay, which spells are better by cooldown and which spells are better limited by Though reshuffle. there is one spell that has both. both and we'll be talking about that i guess right now so lore mastery is the most infamous spell out there um as you know it does a fair amount of damage for four pips it gives you a mantle and it gives you a weakness well i guess your opponent both of those so it, like it does many 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 things really really well it's a very good uh, card to put you into a massive uh, advantage it's four pips and, and a great spell for balance yeah like you can, and you can sack uh, multiple lore masters, get more weaknesses out as well, along with more mantles. Like it's a very easy spell to use in multiple repetitions and get a major benefit compared to most other spells. If you just do it twice, you just do more damage. But in this case, you do more damage, but you have additional side effects. Um, traditionally, we've we've um, capped it with reshuffle to make it where you only have a certain amount before you are forced to reshuffle. Otherwise, well, you get DQ'd if you go above the limit. And then that way, you gotta dump some resources in. But this doesn't really work that well for balance, as balance is also has mastery to its own school. Like, uh, reshuffle is a balance spell. It costs four pips, four slash three. If you're if a mastery, it's effectively two uh, two power pips. So, uh, our decision was to make it was to add a cooldown, as what most people do is they spam it uh, in a row. So in this case, it's a two-round cooldown, so you cannot do another Lore Master within the next two rounds. But, uh, but, but on the third round from when you do Lore Master, you can. Um, so far in our um, testing, this has dramatically made it where Lore Master is not as much of a boost spell. It's still a key utility. And uh, it is still a bit cheaper to uh, get more Lore Masters, but overall, I feel like, at least some of our testing and so far, what we heard in terms of feedback, it's a good and healthy change to make Lore Master a much more balanced spell in the grand scheme of things. We are interested to see with these kinds of spells because we are trying to step away from certain parts that people find like broken in the PvP meta. So we have it uh, at a certain limits. People are still allowed to use Lore Master, so it's up to the wizards to decide whether or not they still want to use Lore Master. They just need to realize these limits are there so they can still use Lore Master with these limits, or they can decide to use something else. So it's up to them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the difference between, you know, the per whatever, because we have per reshuffle and per game, we'll get the per game soon, um, versus just a ban outright. 
because some spells there's just no way to do any kind of rule or jurisdiction with the way um king's allows to do things because a lot of these things are just us saying hey this is what you do you either do it or you're disqualified and you, you don't go further in the tournament that's just kind of how we do it yep uh, so i mean so far they're working pretty well yep yeah, some other spells that are limited by reshuffle are Brimstone Revenant, which is two per reshuffle. Uh, Aftershock is three per reshuffle. Shatter is three per reshuffle. And Enfeeble is three per reshuffle. Um, yeah, so so the, the, those last three, Aftershock, uh, Shatter, and Enfeeble, uh, I believe they were, they were banned in Clash. Uh, we decided to finally bring them back as it was a way to go and encounter uh, any Blaze Sackers, uh, any Shield Sackers, or anything. So just to make it where people aren't too complacent and being too, too defensive. Uh, and generally, this is a pretty decent uh, way of doing it. Um, we haven't really gotten a lot of complaints about our numbers, but of course, if you have any uh, concerns about how we do certain rules, go and contact us uh, either through email, contact at dualcircle.com, or tweet us at dualcircle underscore pvp. Yeah, so the last thing is, we'll talk more about this in detail towards the end when we talk about TC uh, enchants. But the last thing is science spells are one per reshuffle. But we'll go in detail with the science spells towards the yeah, end. Yeah, that deserves its own category. There's a lot of uh, interesting things that are attached to science spells so, as they're very yeah. unique. Science spells are very new, and we're trying to f- see how we can fit it in. But for now, we have it set to one per reshuffle. Indeed. Uh, also, there are some spells that are capped per game. So different than per reshuffle, there are some spells capped per game. So we have Guardian Spirit capped one per game, which has had been the way, been like that uh, for quite a while. For a couple of years. Yeah. And then Supernova is one per game. And also Icebird is one per game. Uh, this one is newer because uh, we feel like Icebird is a very powerful spell because it can take off, uh, it can take off shields and it also can add a blade. Um, yes, it is two pips. However, two pips, one pip. It also spell. takes off a weakness or other mm-hmm. enfeeblements on you. Like it's a very useful way to get, you know, uh, a benefit. Like you get you get the blade, and you can take off other nasty things. You get a blade. However, there are other spells. Like others may say, like, oh, there's other spells. Like there's ones that have traps and different things. Like oh, uh, we just generally think like uh, um, a blade would be a lot better. And also spells like. Storm Beetle are like less. Uh, they do. They have less. Less, of, less boost. It's, it's only a twenty-five percent boost. Well, twenty-five for the pet, and TC's thirty. Though it's a universal blade. So the issue at you with universal blades is, let's just say you got to take off a weakness while you already have a blade on. Uh, that blade's dead too. Yeah. Um, which is part of why for balance they don't really like a lot of using like the regular balance blades as it's not beneficial to one hit off a weakness because you lose that as well. It's it's more of a if you have a if you have a blade that's in your school and you're using one hits that aren't in your school, it's really useful to take off weaknesses. So it's part of kind of just general in game best or most optimal ways to do things. Yep. Sort of thing. So Iceberg gives an ice blade, and ice blades can benefit from that extra benefit. Of course you can also use it to get take out minions as well, and then get your blade on your on yourself. There's a lot of really useful applications of Iceberg, and because it's a blade, which is more powerful than a trap. Yep. Exactly. It's one per game. We want to keep it as a useful utility, but too much of it we found to be a bit too good. Yeah. So hopefully that balances out. That's one of our most recent changes. And then moving on, uh, we have Mana Burn capped for three per game. Mana Burn is a very, very good spell. Uh, we orig- we were- we've been testing a lot of uh, a lot with mana burn. We were seeing where we could fit it in. We were thinking like originally maybe per a shuffle or maybe a different amount or something. But we found that three per game is a pretty good balance <laughs> spot. So hopefully that works out and that's where we have it set. So an additional note about why it's no longer reshuffle and it's per game is kind of what I mentioned on, on with Master, where when you have balance, when you put uh, spells on per reshuffle for balance, the cost is dramatically less. It's not really a big cost because on other schools, you got to waste four pips, and those four pips could be really valuable to you. So the resource dump is, is literally half for balance. So, and because of how powerful mana burn is, having a limited supply makes it where you get to um, choose the spells um, in your match more. Like you get to be much more careful. Okay, do I want to go and get rid of the pips here? Is this a, is this a strategic moment to do it versus just spamming all over the place and, and denying your 
opponent pips um, throughout the entirety of the match. It should be, um, from our testing, a much healthy change to give bouncers some of the control, but make it where they can't have control all the time. The last uh, few things we have on here are uh, pop boilers are limited to three per game, and you can only use one feint regardless of type at a time. So you have to use your feint uh, immediate. Uh, well, you have to use your feint that you placed on before you can cast another feint. So there's no feint stacking. And then the very last thing uh, is wild bolt. Would you like to explain that, Ryan? All right. So wild bolt um, is capped to five per game. Though if you do three max damage um, uh, bolts before you get to five, then uh, you're at the cap. Um, this is because we want to give Storm the ability to attempt to fish out for some bolts. So, uh, and and remember, uh, bolt is ten, one hundred, and one thousand. So, in theory, it's a one third chance to get each of, each of them. It is a useful utility um, in Storm's res uh, reservoir. It's is still RNG based, but it has it's it's more um, useful for them uh, because because they are um, a glass cannon sort of type. We don't want to uh, cut it out as. It's kind of one of the ways they can win. Of course, um, there are ways for your opponent to counter and kind of deal with it. And we feel this is a decent amount just to have in the game versus um, having you know the infamous bolt spammer that is literally all they do is just spam bolts. What? Well, yeah. Because we want to see a combination of other spells and other strategies and more inter interesting gameplay. Yeah, wild bolt has multi many good effects, and that's why we have it limited because wild bolt is two pips and it's great for taking off shields. And uh, if you enchant it, it can do about uh, 200 or 300 just if it hits one of the lower tiers, which is already uh, pretty good for just straight uh, two pip spell. And then however, um, it does have the chance of hitting a thousand. So even if you are trying to just knock off a shield, that free 1000 damage for two pips is really good. And it's really easy to spam two pip spells. And so that's why we have that limit on there but we still have some uh options flexibility for flexibility yes exactly yep okay so just some minor little details uh uh for any of your gear uh you can't have anything with maycast so this includes pet with a maycast talent you cannot uh have any kind of like uh like either um in your pool for your pet like one of the talents that you get trained or you can cannot have a jewel that has a Maycast, which would be one of those Kroger jewels out there. So anything that says Maycast on there, you cannot have as your pet. Uh, you also cannot have any jewels with Maycast. There are a few of those out there. And um, any wands uh, with Maycast. You can use the wand, uh, you can use a wand that has a Maycast on their wand from the wand hits. However, um, you won't be uh, able to use those wand hits for uh, that wand if you have a Maycast on that wand. And then just some minor thing is that uh, you cannot wear a mount with stats. So if you're participating in this tournament, just remember before you port to the house to please take off your mount before you come to the house. And that's basically that. All right. This is the part where we're going to go on Scion spells, um, kind of expand a bit more on Myth Scion, Death Scion. Uh, I guess a bit about Storm Zion, though Storm Zion is a bit more controlled. We can talk about uh, each Zion individually. We'll talk about all the Zions. Yes. Uh, well, those are the main ones to our concern. But, but of course, you know, we care about all of them. We'll, we'll talk about them. Okay. So let's go. So let's start with everyone's school to start with. Let's start with Fire. So Fire Zion. Uh, well, first of all, let's say an overview of all the Zion. All the Zion spells are 11 pips. And they do a ton of damage. And if you meet certain requirements, it does double the amount, which is like so much an more. An old school critical. Yeah. Like an old school unblockable critical. Which is so much damage. Like, like think about Storm Owl, but you criticaled it. And there's nothing, there's like no way you can go around it. And it's more, and it does more damage. So it's really crazy. So every school has their own version. However, there's certain requirements that need to be met to do the double. And most people use Cyan to do the double. So for first of all, we were going to say with fire, uh, you have to have at least six traps down. It doesn't have to be fire or anything, but in most cases, fire wizards often like to stack like fuel or something or fire traps. Beetles, fire beetles. Fire, be um, mm -hmm. of course, fire beetles are banned in our tournament. Yeah. Um, so 
so this kind of ties in with what we did. So Fire Beetle is a ban, and that is an often an easy way to get Cyan of Fire. Uh, however, also that's often stacked with fuel. So we do have one type of fuel. And if if you're a fire wizard and you do want to cast Cyan of Fire, what you're going to have to do is either uh, cast a, lo a lot of individual traps or you can use your fuels, but you do have to just use single train fuels and those will not stack with each other. So hopefully that balances out. Uh, I feel like uh, when I see Cyan of Fire, it's about mid-tier. It's not the most common Cyan out of all of them, but I've seen it once in a while, probably once or something or twice. But we have some limits on it with the fuel and fire wheel. Okay, uh, next is Cyan of Ice. So Cyan of Ice is the Ice Wizard has to have over 90% of their health um, up for it to do double. And really the way this gets countered is uh, opponent, uh, opponent wizards just need to make sure to do at least 10% of their health, which is usually a little less than 1,000 damage uh, before they reach 11 pips or have some kind of opportunity to cast Scion of Ice. Um, we felt like this was already a pretty good limit and that we didn't really need to make any changes to that because it's already like most uh, wizards to know to at least do some damage to the ice wizard before they're able to use sign of ice. So yeah. Do you have any comments about that, Ryan? Uh, no, so far you've uh, made some pretty good points. Um, you know, ice is, you know, just damage the opponent, fire, um, the extra or making it where you can't stack your fuels is good. You know, it makes it less potent and less dangerous, which is good. Yeah, because, because yep. that double condition can be really, really because, Yeah, Sign of Fire already does a ton, and if you have a ton of traps on that are different, then it'll do even more. So yeah, and then next is Sign of Storm, which is a very interesting one. Uh, Sign of Storm, uh, f for many people, can uh, people say are is one of the best signs out there. Um, it is... Um, Basically, it just does double the damage if your opponent does not have a blade on. So, basically, the way to counter it is to put on a blade. Uh, most schools do put on blades in their strategy at max level PvP. There are other schools that don't do it as often, maybe like such as Balance or something. But they just need to realize that if they don't want to get Sand of Storm, they're going to have to somehow prevent it because they do have a limit on mana burn because they can't just mana burn the individual to keep them from yeah, staying so, away from doing uh, a sign of storm forever, but um, they need to have some kind of counter to it. So it does make it more interesting in the fact that you got to use your mana burn if you're against a storm for some reason in this tournament, which we do have a couple storms uh, in a tournament so far, uh, at least on the roster we see, is you just got to place those mana burns and just key points to prevent it to build up and attempt to kill them before that. Because most of the time when you go against a storm, you want to kill them kind of quick. Um, or shut down their condition early on. Though this kind of allows them to be, have a bit more of a late game strategy, so you gotta be really really clever as balance, or maybe just go ahead and try to go with a blade strat, which yep. is very uncommon, but could be useful for balance ion if you play your cards right. Yep. Which I guess we'll talk about balance ion. Yeah, so um, yeah, basically you, it's again, it's up to the wizard to decide what they find is better. They can either rely on maybe their mana burns if they think they can stop the storm scions or make sure they shield every single time that they think a storm sign might be coming or of some sorts or they can change things up and be um uh be using uh blades which is not as common as the strat for balance wizards they could also use um the spells if if necessary if they predict yep but the and then this is the same for every school. So not every, not every, not every school uses blades in their strategies. Um, if it's storm against storm, which would be interesting, they might not use blades as much. And sometimes I've seen fire wizards who are uh, fire uh, that use traps only, so they may not have blades either. So you just need to be prepared for that. And we feel like that limit with the blades is pretty good because every school has a blade that they can put on to somehow counter it with other ex minor exceptions such as mana burn but again that's limited i guess okay i'm gonna jump around i'm gonna actually go to balance now since we kind of talked about yeah, balance. we already previously yeah. mentioned so we'll it, go to so balance actually so we'll go to balance uh point on it and then we'll and then we'll end with some pretty good ones so and some 
not as really good ones. But balance, I would say, in my opinion, from what I've heard and what I've experienced, is balance scion is probably the second to least common used out of all of the scions. Uh, the problem with this is that it is requires balance wizards to have at least six blades on, whether or not it's boosting your sign of balance or not. So the thing is, balance wizards, like we said, often don't use blades, so it's kind of hard to do that. And uh, balance wizards often have a lot of other spells that are much more useful for their deck. However, there are a lot more limits for balance, so balance wizards might find sign of balance to be their answer. So you just have to see. Um, it's just you're going to have to put on six blades without wasting uh, too many pips because you still have to get to 11 pips and get six blades on. I guess this is similar to fire where you're going to have to put on at least six traps while still getting to 11 pips. So it's kind of hard for balance to get six blades on and still have 11 pips. Um, often counters to this are there are a lot of spells that take off blades or it kind of leaves a balance wizard open because the moment you start putting blades on, then you really can't hit. Uh, you. Um, so yeah, and also uh, balance is going to have to get to a lot of pips and you can often shield it. So yeah, it's pretty easy to see coming because a lot of balance wizards do not use blades frequently. And so if you see a lot of blade stacking, you're like, hmm, maybe the sign of balance is coming. So we feel like where it's at right now, just its balance is pretty good. And we're interested to see if any balance wizards use sign of balance. Okay, and then moving on to the what is probably thought of as the worst Scion spell out there. Uh, this is Sign of Life. Sign of Life is solely a heal. Uh, this heals a wizard um, who is down beneath a certain percentage of health to a very high amount of health. However, this costs a lot of pips and is um, frequently uh, hard to do because uh, if you're at a certain amount of health, and you're trying to heal yourself up and your down pips, uh, people uh, as a life wizard, they often can satyr or fairy to heal back. Um, it's often not worth the 11 pips to heal so much. So uh, it's not, and especially frequently not used in 1v1 PvP. And so we feel like if someone wishes to use sign of life, feel free to use sign of life. But we feel like it's already... Uh, very limited in certain circumstances and if you want to use it you can use it but we did not put a limit on sign of life as it's probably the least used science spell but yeah and then moving on to the last two which are probably also known uh, as some of the most powerful science spells along with sign of storm which are sign of death and sign of myth so um Sign of Death does double damage if the Death Wizard is beneath a certain percentage of health. Uh, because Sign of Death is a drain spell, it uh, gives health back to the, the Death Wizard who is casting the spell. And um, it's a really good comeback spell. Um, it is used often uh, different times just to like get health back and different things. And this could be used because since Cthulhu is not... Uh, available this could be a great way to get a huge uh yield to come back but it's very expensive in pips so we feel like uh no major limit on it uh is fine the only thing uh we are uh we have tested and seen is that uh there are a lot of death spells out there that do damage uh to yourself such as empower dark pack and bad juju and so if wizards decide to use these spells to lower the health and then gain, regain their health back again to just get the double, then they just have to realize that they're risking their health to be able to do this double damage. Though there is an interesting note about Juju now, as the change that Kings all made was Juju um, will, will take two true damage, so it will take 25% chunks out of your health, and it will not be affected by shields so, or, or traps or, or, or even um, blades. So it, it, it doesn't care whatever, it just does damage and nothing else. So that could be an advantage in making Scion even better as, as a use, as if you're, if you're willing to risk yourself in being lower health and getting to, what, that 30, 33% health marker and be hitting, even you can hit with blades and, and other um, benefits too up, up to your opponent. So instead of just being a Scion that 
doesn't have any blades or whatever because you use um, juju as a way to lower your health purposely. You have that as a benefit, though it's a risky strategy. Um, there's a lot of discussion about particularly what we may may or not do, but it's a very interesting spell for the drain and the unique capabilities of death, particularly with Juju's new PvP um, mechanic. Yeah. That is not the only way that you can use Sign of Death, though. But It's just one of the interesting ways we've seen recently that people are doing, exactly, which may or may not make death more powerful, though it is a risky strategy, which makes it a fair-ish, but again, we, ha- we don't have a final verdict on it yet. It's more of a, well, a consider- something we're looking into. It's final for really this tournament. <laughs> Uh, well, technically, the uh, the rules themselves can change in two days from the recording, um, as we'll be releasing our final change log for the tournament of for Lua nineteen. Yep, uh, on Friday, uh, the twenty first. Yeah, so it's always good to make sure you are aware of what the rules are um, on Friday, and especially like right before your tournament, because if there are anything, if there's anything that you miss, it's always good to make sure you don't accidentally get yourself disqualified. Yeah, make sure to check uh, <laughs> Twitter. Tool circle uh, underscore PPP. Uh, we'll, we, I believe we will also email um, the changelog specifically to everyone that has signed up about it to say, hey, changelogs, uh, or we changed the rules again. Uh, in case you missed it, here it is. So we're going to make sure that everyone's going to know it one way or another. But of course, Twitter and our website, toolcircle.com, are the best ways to know information about the tournament and what we're doing. Yeah, these rule changes are often frequently for balancing and to make sure uh, to make sure everything's fair from what we've heard for, from certain feedback and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And then, okay, now to move on to one of our favorites to talk about. Uh, the grand finale, Mifsa. Yeah, one of the best sign spells, or probably even the best uh, sign out there from many people's opinion, uh, Sign of Myth. So Myth has been often known as a school that is... <laughs> mid or low tier there are certain aspects where they can do well in pvp however um they have been uh lacking in certain circumstances because they have very specific strats of stunning or different things so this sign of myth is very useful and powerful for myth wizards and so what it has is uh sign of myth does double if you either stun the wizard that you are hitting so they're, they're, they have to be stunned that turn or they have to either or the or the person casting sign of myth has to have at least three stun blocks on. And to get three stun blocks on, you would have to cast stun block twice, which gives you four stun blocks, which covers that because there's no single stun block spell unless you're doing something other than a 1v1. But in this case, um, it's a 1v1. So sign of myth is very powerful. And the, so that makes the that. Uh, does the double either being stunned or having the stun blocks on for the myth wizard the thing is um sign of myth is known for being one of the best ones because there basically is no counter from the opponent they can do to uh stop it uh often myth wizards use sign of myth with the stun block strategy um because once they get stun blocks on the opposing wizard really can't do much to stop the stun blocks because there are very few ways to get rid of stun blocks which are basically just to stun the enemy wizard so um the thing is you only uh you only need three stun blocks to do sign a myth and when you do double stun block you get four which is an extra layer of protection so the only way really to stop the sign of myth is to um get rid of two stun blocks which would be double stun or something else. But then the problem is they can just put another stun block on and, and just go, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. The, like, it's a very, very, very interesting condition that has very little counter. Exactly. Um, the current way we decided to balance this, and we, and we may even change this further, uh, it depends. Uh, we have a two-round cooldown on stun blocks specifically mm-hmm. only because this spell is literally unblockable. Yep. Um, we got some feedback about it may not being enough, and we're going to be figuring out if we need to either extend it or do something else with, with yeah. it as the condition is just really, really uh, broken. And Also, just a reminder that there is a one per reshuffle for science spells, so Myth Wizards aren't balanced <laughs> unless they decide to put on a balance mastery. However, um, that's a decision that the Myth Wizard would have to make giving up certain stats. Um, but um, yeah, you would have to reshuffle before you can cast another sign of myth and uh, since it's so many pips you have to uh 
figure out uh, stuff to do in the meantime while you're gaining pips. Um, also, uh, sign, uh, there are many different counters to sign a myth, not only of getting rid of their stun blocks, their double stun blocks, but also um, since uh, all these sign spells are just one major hit, if you can uh, have a shield on before they sign a myth that can stop different things and also certain schools like balance and stuff. Again, you guys have mana burn to do that. However, you just you need to remember you do have a limit on that. So we have some uh, different gameplay that you can do to uh, use your scions and also stop scions. So um, you just need to just need to remember what school you're facing and how to prepare against them and be ready to predict and plan. So yeah, is there any other comments you want to make about any of the science spells? Right. Uh, I'm, yeah, I want to say that you essentially said everything that I would be that I would have said. So you know, th thank you for bringing up all the points. Um, I guess formally though, like if you have any concerns, particularly about any of our rules or just Cyan itself, because Cyan are um, really new spells. Like in the last tournament, we banned them because we didn't have enough time to test and really see what's going on. But since it's been six months since the last tournament, we had a lot of uh, people test them out in PVE. We got like kind of the general consensus of that, and we did some additional testing in house to kind of get a general idea of how it is. Yep. Uh, and you know, these spells are um, range, of course, from you know, uh, from ice and uh, ice and life kind of being meh to being really good, like myth and death. Yep. So there's, there's a lot of different uh, perspectives and kind of what we got to do and what we can do other than this banning spell because we want to try to see. We want new spells in our tournament mm -hmm. that aren't like utility spells, like new mainstream spells. It would be really cool to see that it, see it in the tournament instead of just banning everything new, right. because everything new since the beginning of the tournament has literally been shadow and spells. Yep. So we're really interested in seeing these spells added in because the only spells we've had added in since then have generally been lore spells since almost all the shadow spells yeah, have been and limited. most of the lore spells are not um, powerful enough to do a limit or really have a thing except for headless horse or there's except like for headless yeah or if there's like one two or three spells so yeah we're interested to see how scion fits in since it's such a new spell and we'll just have to see so i hope you guys are just excited as we are so yeah um indeed indeed i think we're going to uh, be moving on to our last topic unless you have something else ryan um before we go to the last topic just remember that um these are not the final rendition of the rules. The final rendition of the rules, again, will be on Friday, June 29th, 2019. We'll be announcing it then. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast before um, Friday, uh, please let us know your opinions, thoughts, concerns about these rules. If you have anything before we lock them in, as once they're locked in, they're locked in the tournament. Uh, of course, if you do put feedback uh, after the lock-in date, we will go over that for uh, the rules and when we balance and adjust things for Christmas Clash 2019. Again, dualcircle.com um, is the website. You can leave a comment on uh, either um, this episode or this podcast episode's post, which should be dualcircle.com slash three. Um, you can, of course, contact, contact us at contact at dualcircle.com or tweet us at uh, dualcircle underscore pvp. All right. Let's go to the final part, the final topic of this podcast, the Enchant Treasure Cards. All right. So these are have been a heated conversation, a heated topic in the community since last test realm when King's Hell decided to go ahead and on one update, just magically take them out. Um, literally for one day, everyone in the community was just really confused, really, really unsure why, and So do you want to go in detail on what happened? So yeah, if you don't know, um, this first started in, I believe it was spring test realm. It was very, it was towards the very end of spring test realm. It was like the last day or something before it was going to go down. Um, there were, uh, some changes to some TC vendors where some TC spells were missing and some people on social media noticed this and they were surprised. And so the stuff that were missing were TC enchants, such as, uh, gargantuan and monstrous, and also some other spells like mutates were missing from, all the vendors that provided these spells they were still available in your inventory however you were unable to buy this so um this was reverted and never brought to live realm but it was only there for a temporary time in test realm then 
uh, a little uh, later, we we got some feedback from King Hotel. We uh, learned why they made these changes. And uh, do you want to explain that part, Ryan? Yeah, so they released a producer's letter um, sometime, uh, sometime after the test run went to Live Realm, um, bringing in their thought process that, hey, um, we saw there was a bunch of feedback and concern about this. We temporarily have reverted the change, but they're looking into um, kind of the value and the way they you obtain these cards because because they think right now, according to what we see on the on the post, is um, making them widely available to vendors isn't really their their game design or or how they envision it to be because um, they want them to be from Decathlon, from crafting, from arena tickets, and Farming. other yep. harder obtain ways to get particularly enchantment treasure cards. So these are things like um, things things like. Uh, uh, Gargantium, yep. um, monstrous, like those are the cards we, most most people use to enchant the regular hitting treasure cards into treasure or enchanted treasure cards. Yep, yeah, treasure cards are supposed to be known as the rare cards, hard to obtain, one time use. So, uh, but these in, in in as a side effect kind of give you an unlimited use of your favorite hits like Lore Masters or or scorpions and or um Athena Banasite yeah. or whatever type of spell what damage spell it can be really any damage spell. Yeah, so um there are many different parts of the game which use TC enchants which are probably the biggest part of this uh change that which is concerning because mm-hmm. uh, if let's just say King Soul were to t- um in the future actually take away the ability to readily and easily av- to get mm-hmm. enchantment treasure cards this would affect the game, and they and they did mention this in the post. Um, but we're going to kind of elaborate on more on the player experience versus mm-hmm. the developer um, insight. Yeah. So, as as a player player experience, uh, having the ability to make enchanted hits is very useful for PvP and even PVE. Uh, Pebbles can explain um, yep. the most common purposes and how yep. they indirectly became a key part of a player's strategy and also a gameplay element. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, enchantment cards are very essential and are probably like one of the top uh, TCs used in all sorts of gameplay in Wizard 101. Um, one of the number one ways TC uh, enchants are used are to make TC hits. So you enchant your uh, hits so they can do uh, more damage, but then also then you can put in your sideboard. A lot of TC spells, even some of the most rare spells, are hard to get the TC version. So if a wizard has the spell train, they can easily make their own version of the TC with a TC enchant, even if they're unable to access it. And it does more damage with the damage. For example, Loremaster uh, TC is not as easy to get. However, if you would like to make a TC version, then you can just gargantuan enchant it and put in your side deck for a future use because you can tc enchant in one battle and use in the future this is similar with other spells like another rare spell would be pigsy you can uh accuracy enchant pigsy and use it as a at a later time those are just some examples yeah i mean of course um the reason why you would actually craft those spells or get them normally in their in their in their base form not enchanted is to go and actually get the real spell craft and drain then you can go and do that so like that still has purpose on it and, and being rare commodities because people still you know hunt for pixie treasure cards, um, lore master treasure cards to get this to craft the spell itself. Yep. Um, so like, so it has a purpose there in, in terms of rarity for the kings of debate, um, but in terms of gameplay, in in being able to more easily use these enchantments uh, or use these cards uh, in in unique and fun ways. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of these, yeah, some of these spells that people uh, enchant are very rare and also they provide a lot of damage because like even if you did get the um un- uh, the very rare um regular versions of the TC, there's still not even as much damage such as a lore master doing uh 390 versus uh 640, which is a huge difference. Um, I guess here's a better thing we should bring up. Why in the world should we care about side sideboard enchanted hits? Ver, um, like let's just say there's there's an argument that they take out yep. the ability to make uh, enchanted TCs, right? Yep. Like let's just say that's out. That's a gr- what does that change if let's just say we don't put any hits on our side deck? Because that-, that is kind of the overall argument if they do that. Because as Pebbles mentioned, you probably don't want to use enchanted hit because enchanted 
hits are the way you do hitting in the game. It's kind of part of the uh, it's a central gameplay mechanic. It's the most popular and useful enchantment you would do in your main deck normally. That and yeah, that's a, a side deck. That's a great question, Ryan. And um, there are many different uh, reasons why you would want to do this. One would be just to have TC in your sideboard, which is one of the most common ways. But also there are specific examples in game. So people uh, who do PvP, which is probably the number one reason, uh, want to put stuff in their side deck that they can easily access that are enchanted. Another reason would be if you're questing and you maybe need a follow-up hit or some emergency hits or something that you don't have trained yet, for, uh, for example, if you're a life wizard and you're questing and you're questing in Celestia, but you're not at uh, level 58 yet, you can c- cast a regular TC Force Lord because uh, there's no well, major that AOE yet. I, I so, guess we're kind of giving the principle so, of it, but let's just talk about a train principle, though. Yeah, so... So, so let's just say we're Storm, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's just say you're Storm and, you, and you're questing with a buddy and you have a seven-card deck because that way mm-hmm. you're able to re- re- reliably pull the cards you need and, but then you put exactly. TC hits for, or for example, you put like a TC tempest. So let's just say mm-hmm. um, the 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 um, the the monsters you're going against are barely alive, yep. and that would be your follow up hit because that allows you to have a main deck strategy and a, a backup strategy. Yep. Or sometimes people, yeah. So that, that, that and that's a useful thing to put Enchanted Tempest in because Enchanted Tempest is you know the X um, what's eighty. Was it eighty times damage? Eighty um, plus two fifty. If you're using yeah, Gargantuan. plus two fifty for treasure. So you have the extra two fifty bake in, and that's really useful. Right. Yep. As it, it's it's a useful utility. And people find it better uh, than the regular TC version, even though it's kind of pretty easy to get the TC version, which is uh, eighty five per pip. So yeah. And then like the last thing people use uh, TC enchants for, which some people use it all the time for this strategy, and others don't, which is uh, questing up a low level. So often people buy monstrous TCs uh, from vendors if they, they have a higher level wizard or something because there is a cap on uh, level. However, these um, the, the TC monstrous arch uh, tradable but different than the TC gargantuan and people can use this to enchant their uh, low pip hits. And so enchanting is a base amount of damage that enchants and so this really boosts up um, spells that are low pips. And so it's often used for questing a low-level wizard. Yeah, it's a very good quality of life feature, um, whether intentional or not. Um, the, the producer's letter does mention that um, that one of the things they're considering, because people do this already, they're like, okay, maybe we go ahead and give or be, allow you to train, like, unless it's a strong at, or much earlier on in the game to make it where the early game progression is faster, but, which is good, but if they're going to do that, but then kill off um, the ability to enchant treasure cards, or, or the ability to buy them easily uh, for later on when it's a useful utility for especially for PvP, for PvE, you know, or for any really interesting purpose for combining your main deck and side deck. Because the general purpose of the side deck is to go ahead and make your strategies more consistent, right? Because you, ha- you have diff- two different pulls. If you don't draw something from the main deck, you may put some stuff in the side deck of the things that you may not draw as much. Or just take the things out of the main deck and just keep the main things over there like you have two decks to, to source from and it's useful for you know i guess organizing and pulling more reliably and not suffering from deck rng yep because deck rng is i guess the main reason why people put or do um tc enchanted hits in pvp particularly yep because you, you have a full deck of 64 you may not draw the certain card you may need for the situation but if you put some of those cards in, in a side deck it's good for example to enchanted hits yep yeah let's just say you, you gotta hit now or you're gonna be a real disadvantage and you're not really doing anything over pips. Like, you're not really being really effective as a wizard, wizard for whatever situation. So, if you need like a TC Gaze, uh, gaze and Fate, go ahead and do that. Uh, or, there. or let's just say your, your opponent is living with like 200 health. Okay, then pull, then try to go and pull a Scorpion hit and then press the bazaars, you finish off your enemy or, or any other various things. Like, there's a lot of useful things that that you get from enchant enchantment treasure cards to make other cards into treasure cards. So yeah, um, I think that covers it. Is there any final parts you uh, want to cover? Yeah, with uh, oh yeah, the, like let's the think about thing. the future. Yeah, oh. the future of it. Okay, the future. So so Kingzell seems pretty adamant on doing something with treasure cards, as the design is not fully in their principle, and we kind of seen some of these things with uh, what like um, fast shuffle being sh- removed where. 
they didn't want players to multiply cards, even though that is a rather good thing as it adds extra skill cap and, and more mechanics in, in PvP and, and a higher way to player deck and organizing things, but they took it away, sadly. That, yep. um, it would be a shame to see another element of the game and that's not just useful for PvP for everything. Of course, PvP is in generally where it's most useful, as most of the time you will not use a full deck or even use a lot of TCs in regular fights, as the game doesn't really push you that far to utilize your cards and card combinations and pulling and deck organization and discarding and a bunch yeah. of stuff. This, um, If this change does go through, it will be a pretty drastic change in the game, but we still have hope and we there still is potential. Uh, from what we've yeah. heard from King's Isle developers, uh, they are trying to balance out things and hopefully fix things rather than just remove something people rely on, which is what uh, many people perceive this change to be. However, they're, uh, we're, we're hoping and we're going to have to just see what King's Isle has to offer with changes on balancing treasure cards and different aspects of the game in the near future. Yeah, I mean, it is good that they are being transparent about it. They even mentioned specifically uh, uh, PvP uh, later on in the uh, producer's letter. Uh, we'll have this in the show notes as well on dollcircle.com slash three. Um, that, you know, they looked at this as being a key part of PvP, and they're like, okay, it's going to affect that, and PvP also has other issues in terms of fairness and whatnot, and part of why we have this tournament and a lot of these rules. So it does get some good, good insight that King's is just not looking at this as a uh, this is for a PvP PVE element. They're looking um, at all the consequences. So maybe King's Isle won't actually remove it from vendors as long as we continue to give their feedback and mention how it has become a critical element of the gameplay and is useful for us to have a better and more in-depth and more fun experience at a whole as there's more options and more fun. Um, so again, make sure you give your feedback. You know, be kind and gentle on it and don't... Uh, be mean yeah so it's important be fair it's an understanding it's important to give your feedback however um you just need to make sure you uh give your feedback in uh a constructive way to hopefully uh persuade your idea and also explain it with good reasoning you can um not only uh share it with some of the developers but also tell your friends and and explain uh your feelings and perspectives about this but we'll just have to see what happens um, as yeah, changes come about. Um, one of about. the ways that Kingsell recommends uh, feedback is to go through their messages boards, which is essentially their forms. So make sure to go ahead and, but if you have an opinion or like want to put your perspective on it, uh, put it there as that's um, the first place that they'll read it. As on Twitter and other places, it can be uh, lost and not really as easily understood. So do it over there. Um, that's what they recommend. Uh, we're going to be doing some posts and, and trying to reply as well over um, performing at Dill Circle. So I'll, I, 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 Mike Firehammer, and, and maybe even Pebbles will have some opinions over there. Uh, but this is more of our uh, formal podcast uh, vocal opinions. Uh, uh, as, as that avenue is, is useful to explain it to other people that may or may not be aware of it fully. And, you know, spread, spread awareness and kind of the interesting um, side effects of treasure cards if they were to be changed around in terms of how you obtain them and their critical purpose. So, uh, would you like to wrap up the podcast, or is there anything else you want to say about TC uh, Enchants? We didn't. We didn't mention Transmute Enchants, but I don't oh really yeah, just yeah, just a minor detail. Those those are also those were also uh, removed during that one change during the patch. That is less used than some of this, uh, like enchants and stuff. But there are certain circumstances, like certain. Uh, times and like, like PvP, or... like PvP to use Midnight Sprite or uh, for uh, Phoenix to become Thunderbird and stuff. There are certain circumstances that are that is also used that a people um, have spoken out about. However, um, those are just more utility yep. spells, and they're not as drastic but as an effect. We we hope to hear good news about all of these spells in the future, whether it's a change or not a change. Anyhow, that is it for today. It is. It for episode three of the beyond the spiral podcast um here um we've talked about a lot of great things we talked about luau the uh, tournament we went more in detail with the kind of the tournament meta quote unquote um basically our rules and kind of the justifications of why we do certain things and kind of the concerns that things we're looking at uh and all the consideration we're putting in here we do put a lot of effort into, into this tournament uh for you guys uh, as players or even just viewers just to enjoy and for it to be the best experience that can possibly be uh, and then, of course, we went over the recent um, treasure card or enchant treasure card controversy and kind of the pros and cons and just kind of the 
um, interesting things about the system as a whole. We'll see how that goes in the future. Um, for now, that is it for episode three. Uh, of course, I am Ryan, the tech boy on Twitch and Binary Conjure on Twitter with my co-host Pebble. I'm Pebble uh, on Twitter. I'm Wizard, P-B-B-A Wizard. And you can also find me on Twitch, which is Pebble Beach Wizard. So yeah, thank you so much, Ryan, for inviting me. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I like having you here. You always uh, make it for a great conversation. And of course, you're one of our referees at Dual Circle, which does give you a lot of insight uh, for our referee meetings and a bunch of other uh, things we do in terms of planning. So like, you definitely know what you're talking about uh, as well, being an active member of our, our site you know, in um, also the arena. A bunch of great things and great opinions. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, of course, uh, for Dual Circle formally, you can find us at dualcircle.com. Uh, this podcast episode show notes are at dualcircle.com slash three. Um, also, um, you can find us on Twitter specifically at dualcircle underscore PVP. And if you have any, if you want to email us, we're at contact at dualcircle.com. Anyhow, thank you all for watching, and I will see you in the future for episode four, hopefully a lot sooner than episode, from episode two to three. All right, see you later. Yep. And, yep. And if not, we'll see you at the tournament on the 29th and the 30th of. June. So we'll see you guys later. Goodbye. Bye -bye.